1: You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my god! You've got all your Charger gear on. because you're Feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. The fans loved it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert on the move and throws and touchdowns. Do this together. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can
2: create something truly special. Take two for some good content. <laughs>
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Bulldog, sitting with my buddies, Kev Hugging Duggan. What's up, fam? And Kyle the Coach Duggan. Oh, I'm so excited for Monday. When we
2: Just weeks with a W are just so much more fun. Looking forward to the next game. Always. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Always. I week, hear it. It's not just Monday. it's The whole week is better.
1: It's just, yeah, it's just infinitely better. I hear it from my folks who are like, we like watching the show, <laughs> but we like it a lot more when you guys get away. Yeah, with when it. you're not the yeah. assholes. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. All right, gang. It's well, not we've therapy. Got... It's
3: excitement. It's like a party. Exactly. Yes. Celebration, if you will. Therapy. Yes, we don't have to parties. carry anybody.
1: We can get through this together on our own. Um, all right. Well, lots to talk about here, folks. Uh lots going on. Uh Twitter's, interviews, injury reports, and as always, we've got a coach's corner, a bolt beat, and the Craig experience. Folks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Let's start it off here at the top. All in, episode four dropped. Finally, when we got to see an in-depth look at our very own Asante Samuel Jr. and his rise up in the Chargers roster. And, man, it just makes you re- so thankful to get this guy back in the second. Yeah. You guys got to experience it together.
3: Oh, yeah, the draft, that was it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, we that was the bachelor so party. good. Because yeah.
1: everyone thought he was going in the first. Like yeah, he easily. was done.
2: We thought we were going to have to take him um, where we took
1: uh, Rashawn. We, Rashawn. That was Rashawn, was Rashawn yeah. Rashawn. We yeah. thought
2: that it was going to have to be like around there. If Rashawn went before us, that we might take Asante at that pick.
1: Right. So, yeah, some,
2: landing him in the second, insane.
3: There's something about those guys that also are like underappreciated in fall. And they kind of, those are the guys you kind of want almost. You know, yeah, they're, yeah, they're for better. Sure. And I found it was the funniest part of that whole thing for me was when they were asking him, like, if you weren't going to do football, what were you going to do? He's like, professional <laughs>
2: wrestling yeah dude yeah his height, <laughs> his his height does not stop his dreams whatsoever no. No. professional <laughs>
3: wrestling is not what i expected to hear him say but i i totally <laughs> no, no, support no. that
2: <laughs> yeah that would, dude he's got it well you know what he did he threw that out there to get a little one night like oh I'm yeah, go oh, yeah. Type of some deal. kind of
3: like a summer slam or some kind of like super pay-per-view get asante yeah. samuel He'll in there, there in la oh dude he could powerbomb absolutely
2: do you know one thing that i thought was weird they showed his mom but they didn't show his dad on the episode at all i saw that too i was surprised honestly yeah which nfl guy like he talked about i'd like they were like when did you want to become an nfl player and i was like oh he's probably gonna talk about being around his dad and going to games and blah 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 he's like not till the eighth grade you know like when, when I wrestling uh, didn't work out <laughs> when i figured the wwe wasn't a thing anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I I thought it was bizarre. I was kind of excited to hear his dad talk about it. Maybe maybe he didn't want his dad on there. Like, no, I'm I'm in the NFL now. Let's talk about me. Or maybe his dad wasn't a big fan of being on TV. I don't know. I
3: don't know. Yeah, it's uh,
1: we haven't seen a whole bunch from him, so I'm not. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Maybe they're a little more private. It's yeah. very possible. Yeah, uh, yeah. For those of you that haven't seen it yet, go check it out. All in episode Fantastic. four. Always, I mean, it, it's really just it's it it's the hard knocks, but. Specifically, Chargers all year round. You get it basically every two weeks, and they're just—they're so well made. They're so good.
3: They kind of did—they didn't—they didn't address the uh, Jaguars game at all. They no, just kind of no. like brush past. Oh, that. Yeah. All right, well, we're not talking about that's, that. Yeah, that's how that's we roll. Not and good TV. I pre- I appreciated that. Right, I, really I did. mean, they
1: really didn't even touch on the Texans game either. They they did like in the intro, yeah. But that was it. Like they didn't yeah. go too in depth with it or anything. So yeah. it's almost uh, like
2: they were holding on to that Asante bit for a bad two weeks. <laughs> just wait. Like, let's drop this in. This right. is the time. This
1: is the week. This yeah. is the week. <laughs> we're not yeah. talking about that, yet. Um, Let's see. Looking over at Twitter, Jason Reed tweeted out: Miles Garrett only had eight career games with zero sacks or quarterback hits entering Week Five per PFF. Jamari Salyer, in his second career start at a position he was not even drafted to play, gave Garrett his ninth such game. What an incredible performance by the Rook. That's our very own Jason Reed from the Bolt Beat.
3: I know we sound repetitive, but how lucky are we that he
2: was just on our dude, roster? what? Yeah. And Kirby Smart calls up our coach like, what the hell are you doing? You need to draft Yeah, I, I was
3: thinking about that. I remember him saying that, like, dude,
2: draft him now. What are you doing? You're an idiot. Yeah. He's when was like, I don't, I don't, know don't how remember this, guy's this. this. What was this? From? Yeah, the Georgia the head coach. coach. Yeah, his head coach from college. He saw him slipping in the draft, and he started calling NFL guys like, "Really? Boys, what are we doing here? You're missing yeah. a, a, a diamond stud. right now." Yeah. 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 So, dude, you couldn't you couldn't even imagine a better two games, right? Like, what yeah. kind of an NFL start is this? You sub in for a Pro Bowler, and we don't
1: miss a beat. I, I mean, It makes you. It makes you want to question. It makes you want to go. What? What? What was the Ding on his it's record just because the, it's just the the tangibles,
2: the, the measurable his height size, and his yeah. arm length, and he's a big, he's like a bigger dude. He's not like the long, agile guy. He's like a thick, stout boy. So people just projected like my him thick, stout boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they thought that he was going to be have to bump down to guard. So guards don't get drafted high. um Interesting. And so that I think that was the knock was the athleticism. Huh. Clearly not an issue. He
3: he can't play tackle. He may not be able to play guard, but we'll go shut down Miles Garrett for the ninth
1: time in his career. No yeah. worry. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Um, that that is that is awesome and, and great great point by Jason Reed. Um, Jamari Sawyer I guess was interviewed recently by Chris Hayre, and Chris Hayre asked, "How would you describe the last two weeks or so?" Sawyer said, "It's been a blessing of an opportunity. Really, it's special to me. It comes down to it." All the work you do in life, all the work you do, even as an offensive line, it all amounts to game day. I feel like the things that are happening for me personally and for our offensive line and for our team is just an accumulation of all the work we have put in thus far. It's crazy to think about what a whole
2: lifetime of playing football leads up to this guy debuting because the starting left tackle gets hurt and he gets a shot. Right. Yeah. It's like I coach flag football with little five to seven year olds and like those kids playing like that was Jamari sollier at one point. He played football for his entire life leading up to this opportunity. Wow. And it it amounts to yeah, yeah. It's just an an opportunity for him and he's completely capitalized. I mean, yeah, I I I don't I don't know how you start a better NFL career, especially with getting drafted where he got drafted sixth round. Like yeah. And then just absolutely balling out with pro bowler, potentially Hall of Fame kind of guys and, in and Miles Garrett and just shutting him down. Mm-hmm. You don't, I don't know. It's just this, this is Hollywood. <laughs> this, and this also,
3: like, we're kind of lucky, like, injuries leading to starting. <laughs> you know, we had a little uh, punctured lung <laughs> not that long not, ago, and that worked yeah, out oh, pretty well.
2: True. So we've not always had the best luck with injuries. I and think there might be a up. turn
3: here. Like there's something, a little something, something going on. So we'll we, see. We move from San Diego to
2: LA and the Hollywood stories are finally starting to, to follow us. To unfold. Well, and yeah. he's got, yeah. he's
3: got a challenge this week, this Monday. So, you know, if he can yeah. make it, you know, number three, make that another awesome week. Dude, the sky's the limit.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Um, Coach Staley uh, had some quotes about leading up to the Broncos game, and this first one is on the offensive line's performance thus far this season. Staley said, "It's just been a team effort. It starts with that premise that it takes a team effort to play like that. It's not just the O line. It's their coaches. It's the skill players around them. It's the protection plan. It's the run game plan. Things take time, and I think that for us up front early in the season." It's just taken some time for those guys to play together, to get into rhythm together. But I think that you've seen over the last couple of weeks, us play really quality football on the road. That's also a factor. When you have a group that can go on the road and play like that, we're excited. We have to keep improving.
3: Yeah. What's our record on the road right now? We're pretty good, I believe. Now
2: we're one and one,
3: right? One and- oh, for the season? Yeah. Never mind. Uh, I had a point. I'm going to pull that back. I don't think it's going to land as hard as I thought it was going to. Okay.
2: Okay. It's still early in the season, though, right? Yep. So it, we could be a road team. I hear your point. Maybe. Yeah. Thanks. It,
1: <laughs> all right. We're well, keeping it all in. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you know, basically saying the same thing, like you said, Coach. I mean, some of these guys just need to get reps. A lot of these guys didn't get a chance to play in the preseason. I know Coach talks about, you know, having. I don't want to say aggressive practices, but you know, they're practices that are amped up a little bit where they go maybe just a little bit harder so they can get into that groove and get into the, that mindset. But really I, I don't think it matches into actually playing a game, a game that matters, you know, not just a, you know, a throwaway game or a throwaway practice. It's like, no, this is what matters and they need to go the way they need to go. So um, Yeah. yeah, getting these guys more reps, obviously I think, I think we're going to see a completely different team by the end of the season, like yeah. as far every, as execution every and the, everything, like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: every team in the NFL, we are two and one on the road, Kev. So we have a better road percentage. Yeah. When so I was on to something. <laughs> but yeah. I, one and I, one I at home, two and one on the road. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think it's it. Every team. Kansas City lost to the Colts. Right. Right. It's like every team has those road bumps. The Bills lost. I don't forget who they lost to, but they were untouchable until they hit a road bump. It, right. it just happened. It's. If you expect perfection, 17-0, and 0, you're going to be disappointed 99.99% of the time because there's only been one perfect season in the NFL. Right. So it's just like it. that's not what it is. What I want to see is a group of guys when they hit those speed bumps, how do you respond? And we hit a bad one and responded two weeks in
1: a row with W. So right. I, I don't know. There's, nothing, there's no negatives to take away. We're only getting better right now. Right. Yeah. I want to see that execution get better, you know, just some yep. of those. For sure. For some of those situations and again i think it's going to be completely different at the end of the season versus what we're seeing right now yeah uh, in a good way yeah um staley's uh quote here on the broncos he says i see a team that easily could be five and zero. really real easily could be five and 0 they've played emergency they could they've played a good schedule that's a
3: liar liar
1: alert <laughs> that, that's what i see i see an offense that has a lot of weapons When you start with their quarterback, uh, he's a guy that I've had to face several times and a guy that has uh, has as good of a resume as you can find. He has so much experience. He has seen and played in so many big games. He's going through that transition right now, too, of going to a new team. But he's still the same player in terms of being dangerous every snap. He's a guy that is as tough of a cover as you're going to go against. At receiver, they have an outstanding receiving core, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. Uh, Those guys are really tough to cover. It's really unfortunate that they lost the back uh, Javante Williams because he's an outstanding player, but Melvin Gordon is a lead back. Uh, Yeah, Melvin Gordon is a lead back. (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) He (laughs) fumbled that. He also fumbles. fumbles. Uh, Then on the offensive line, they have... So tiny. Then on the offensive line, they have to make some adjustments. They have a, they have a good line. What you see through these first five games is they move the ball and that they're very dangerous because they have a lot of pieces that can get you explosions that can score the ball for you. They have our full attention. That's for sure.
3: They haven't done it yet, but it's there. Yeah, potential. Potential. Yes, this, no. was just,
2: this was a coach not allowing himself to think that this should be an easy win, yeah. which is good. I mean, you can't yeah. take anyone lightly, but they did not play a tough schedule to start the season. The, yeah. I don't know how you they played the Seahawks, the Texans, the Niners, who were in the midst of a quarterback transition and only scored 10 points. The Raiders, who they lost to by 10. The Colts, like none of those teams are any good. The Raiders are the best competition that they've played so far. So, like, I I get it. You don't want to take them lightly. They could be five and zero because they their defense is solid. They've held all but one team under twenty points. Um, but yeah, this I don't know. I, I I we we need. I wish that we could just not have to worry and be like we're the better team. We should show up and go dominate this team. Right? Coach will never say that,
1: but that's that's how I want to feel as a fan. Right. Yeah, and we just we know better. We know from prior experience that it just doesn't necessarily yeah. go that Hot way. Hot water
3: burn baby. Am I right? I've been burned too many times. Gotta be careful.
1: Yes. Hot water burn baby. Hot yes. water burn baby. <laughs> uh Staley had this to say about safety Derwin James. Oh no, excuse me. This is safety Derwin James Jr. quotes on the Broncos offense and them not being what people they thought they were going to be so far. Uh Derwin James said, I would say you can look at it one of two ways. I look at it as They've been driving the field on a lot of teams, whether it's fumbling the ball or throwing an interception. They've had a lot of chances in the red zone. I've seen that on film. They could easily be sitting in a different record, a few plays here and there. We just have to come out ready to play because uh, Russell Wilson, at the end of the day, can still play at a high level. We all know that. I think he, he, a, he does. He can. I feel yeah. like Russell Wilson is a little bit of a sleeping giant. You know, he, one
3: he's week just, like, just going to take off.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just. I feel like it's bound to happen, right? It's, he is a good quarterback. You can't win a Super Bowl if you can't get the job done. Yeah. So it, if, it, it feels like sooner or later it's going to start to click. Um,
1: just hoping it's not this week. Yeah, See? let it not be this week. And then uh, Derwin James on Broncos running back Melvin Gordon. Uh, we know Melvin. <clears throat> Melvin was my teammate in 2018. We had a lot of success here. I know Melvin. Uh, he's going to come out here, run hard. He might have had a couple of fumbles here and there, but like you say, when you hear a lot of people saying how bad you've been playing, you're going to want to get that fixed, so I know he'll be ready to play.
3: That's very candid of uh, Derwin, both these answers. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he sucked, but he's going to be mad about it, essentially.
1: Right. I mean, it's what you would expect any footballer to say that's that's struggled. Yeah. That they're, you know, it's an emotional game that, you know, obviously we've seen Melvin Gordon have an interview post-game about fumble and he just kind of walks off because it's too emotional for him he can't really convey into words what it is that he's feeling and i can only imagine um still i want him to fumble every play (laughs) every play every Every single one i i want him to have the extra greasy fingers and uh and for us to take advantage of that yeah but uh yeah he very well could could come out to play angry and that's fine i want him to be angry i want him to see red And to not see the football and to fumble it.
3: Have you? Did you? You guys (laughs) both saw that him like being interviewed after one of the games and being like, "You said in the last interview, you told us about how you're working on fumbling and still happening. How do you feel about that?" He just like, uh, and he just like left. walks off, yeah. I'm hoping for another one of those press conferences like that this week. All right. Another one. Like, whoever that that uh, question was Daniel from, Popper can just slap it down. Come on, Popper. I know you don't listen to this, but somebody get this to Popper. Ask him a question if you run into him. How does it feel? <laughs> if you run into him. How does it feel him? to fumble so much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What how are you doing to feel? work on it?
1: Preferably before the game, so you get in his head. What just, do you feel right now?
3: Yeah. How are you feeling?
1: <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's look at the injury report here for the Chargers. Looking... Uh, Not too shabby this week. Pretty healthy, pretty one of the healthier
2: we've had, honestly. No DNP's, no
3: did not
1: practices on the board. Although it is a
2: kind of a modified projected injury report since we Thursday practice on
1: them. Yeah, the Monday night game. Yeah. Um, As it stands right now, Keenan Allen. God, again with the 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 writing could not be tinier. Dustin Hopkins (laughs) and Trey Pipkins got in limited practices. Uh, so Keenan Allen getting a practice. That's what's most important there. He yes, hasn't actually been practicing. Out he's out there. Um, and then Justin Herbert, Zion Johnson, Josh Palmer, and Kyle Van Noy, all getting full practices in. Um, so really uh, <laughs> anybody that's not on the IR is practicing, is yeah. out there getting some yeah. reps. So you love to see it. Man, um, how big of a boost would Keenan Allen be for Sunday? It'd be huge obviously. I mean, yeah, we've we seen situations. I think Daniel Popper just tweeted something out about like if Keenan Allen was out here on this particular play, that would have been a completely different we, situation at the, end of the yeah. game. Yeah. Cuz at the fourth
2: on that fourth down at the end of the game, we he was looking Mike Williams no matter what. He was yeah. going to one person. Right. But if you if you have two guys in the on, in on the field that you have that same confidence in, it frees you up to make a read and go. Mm-hmm. Not just Mike Williams, I'm throwing it no matter what. And we mm-hmm. saw him doink guy in the back of the head. Um it yeah, you would just you need that second guy on the field. The other guys have done great. They blocked well. They catch balls when they when we needed them to make catches. But you have Keenan, Gerald
1: Everett, Mike Williams on the field at the same time. I just I think that it blows this offense up. Absolutely. Yeah, Haley Allwood tweeted out, Keenan Allen update per Brandon Staley. He will be out on an individual period today, but is still considered day to day. So yeah, we'll he's see out that, there. We'll see what it means yeah. if he can go. Just don't um, get hurt again. Like tweak it again. Yeah, no setbacks. No setbacks.
3: I think we're going to be a different looking passing attack when he's back out there, mm-hmm. hands
1: down. These third, the
3: third downs we get into aren't going to be as stressful as they
1: have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and looking at the Broncos right now, they've got a two and three record. Um, let's see, what are the games that they won? They beat. Uh, they beat the Texans. Beat the Texans. And Good they they beat the
3: Niners eleven to ten. Okay. They're not scoring much. Um and then they lost to the Raiders and lost to that uh, amazingly awful Thursday night yeah, game last that Thursday everyone's night. still talking about. But somehow the Bears and the Commanders gave them a run for their money. I don't I don't know what's going <laughs> they on. Did.
1: Yeah, some at least they were able to get some touchdowns. Yeah, the the game against the Colts was just truly one of the worst just worst games, yeah. Ever. It was hard to watch. <laughs> Not even just worst Thursday night. And
3: games. they're coming off that; they had a long time to sit in that. So, what does that mean for them? You know what I mean? Like, how do you? That's a good. It's a good question for their team. How do they bounce back from adversity? Like, yeah, that?
1: right. How are they going to respond? Yeah,
3: we'll find out. I one, I.
2: one of the big question marks on that in that organization is head coach, right? Yeah, like, sure. it, Who is this guy as a head coach? It seemed like they pulled him just to try to get Aaron Rodgers. That didn't pan out, and now it's like, ah, uh, who do we have coaching this team? It's tough to motivate a team after a really pathetic showing like that. You have players throwing their helmet in the end
1: zone after not getting right. the ball thrown yeah. to them. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard to turn things around. We'll see what kind of a leader their coach is. Right. Yeah. Because it's as it stands right now, they've got a pretty extensive injury report as well. Um, right. Massive. There's like right. twenty guys on here. Yeah, I see a lot. There's a lot of limited practices, but you've got one, two, did not practices. A lot of limited practices and then a few full practices, um, but I mean that's a that's a big list of just injury report. And then you've also got the guys that are on injured reserve or were re- just recently placed on injured reserve. Uh, most recently, Garrett Bowles for their offensive tackle, Ronald Darby, their cornerback, uh, Randy Gregory, linebacker, Javante Williams. They talked about that was earlier. just October. All those yeah, that was just, just October. October.
3: Yeah, so they're 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 not what they were when they came into the season. They're right. you know they got bitten pretty hard by that injury bug. So really bad. You yeah. know, does that mean that they're, they're going to be an easier team to play against? No, we shouldn't think of it like that. It but should never. Be their offensive that way. Yeah. line is definitely different than yeah. what they had intended. Khalil Mack should have a field day with, have with whoever they put in front of him. That would be that would be the goal for yeah. sure. Got to get him a couple of sacks this week.
1: As it stands right now, Russell Wilson. uh you know, over 1,200 passing yards. Javante Williams, over 200 yards running back. <laughs> he's,
2: he's been but on he's, the IR for 10 years. He missed the so. week and he's still the highest rushing. Yeah. Yikes. 200 yards rushing on the year and he's leading the team.
1: Yikes.
3: Yeah. And I, it's, it's crazy because um, Wilson has four TDs, three interceptions, it's not like 16 did. sacks. Yeah, he's getting sacked a lot. We should get after him. You know what I mean? This should yeah.
1: work out pretty Let's well. Let's make it an even Sweet. 20. Yeah. Yeah. At four, the very ooh, least. Going forward. I like that. <laughs> I I do math. Um, I do math. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Well, uh, folks, we've got some exciting news coming up here. This is This is big. This is a big deal for the Charger Chat. We haven't. We've talked about this before, you know, behind closed doors as far as what it is that we want to do with the podcast going forward. Um, and nothing is changing as far as what you guys get. You guys are still going to get the same thing Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, but we are going to be starting something else, a little extra, yep. putting a little extra effort into this podcast and we will talk more about it on the next episode. So just,
3: and, and all the people that reached out be like, guys, why don't you do this? We heard you and we're doing it. Oh really? Yeah. There's a lot of people well, that so reached out. this isn't out. our idea. This is somebody else's. It was like we were on the precipice and okay. somebody just like pushed us really hard. A whole bunch of people just like battering around us. All so right. well, it'll be, it's, it's very vague. <laughs> so
1: gird your loins yeah, and hold fun. on. Uh, we will talk about it on the next episode. And speaking of the next episode, uh, because it's a Monday night game, uh, we we were asking each other like, what did we do last Monday night? I don't game? remember because we
3: record Monday nights. We, so. we
1: typically record Monday nights and have it out by Tuesday. So because the game is on Monday night, um, we will be recording our Tuesday episode immediately uh, following the game on Monday night against uh, the the Broncos. So, if you want to be a part of our next episodes, Ask Bolt Fam segment, make sure you get your questions into us immediately following the game, like like immediately, like immediately. I'm probably going to be just straight up reading them from either Twitter yeah. and Reddit, like just going to the websites. It, it's going to be disorganized. It's going to be a mess, but we still want to do gonna it. Great. It's going to be fun. It, yeah, it could be it could be a good method to the madness. So. Um, I'm telling you right now, if we miss your question uh for the Ask Bolt fam segment, I apologize, but uh we will get to them. Um, we might do them on Friday's episode or we might just wait till you know the next the next Ask Bolt fam. This might just be a weird Ask Bolt fam episode.
3: If you got some if you got your journal, you got your notes section, you right. got one ready, prep it. Get us ahead prep of time. It. Yes. And then we'll be ready to knock that shit out.
1: You know, we'll do our darndest, I yeah. promise. You know what here what mean? To, we're here to help. We're here to help, and we're also here to tell you about ChargerChat.com. It's our <laughs> website. It's got some awesome stuff over there, T-shirts, hoodies, and stickers. Uh, you can chat it up with other Charger tiers in our member section and ask questions and ask Bolt fam. So if you want, go check it out, ChargerChat.com. .com. All right, gang. Well, we talked about on the previous episode, a couple of you were asking coach some specific questions. We love the specificity (laughs) of it. it. Love it. So we've got some specific answers and they're sitting over in coach's corner. Let's go.
2: Great moments are born great opportunity. All comes down to today. You take this
4: helmet and you put it right in his numbers, okay? I want to see nothing but snot bubbles in his nose. Do a
2: lot of people want to blame coaches for a lot of things. Nobody
4: puts <laughs> coaches in We shut them down because we can. It's not because I believed in him. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but it just wouldn't be our style. <sighs> Let's do it.
1: That's right, gang. It is time for the illustrious Coach's Corner and... Again, you guys reached out with specific questions. We love it. We love it so much. Kyle, what are we looking at today? All right.
2: So we had two different people. I know the Broads were one of them. And then there was another person that both asked about their running game, specifically Joshua Kelly. So I wanted I just have two plays we're going to look at. One is a 12 yard run, which is a that's just an extremely good running play. If you can get four yards on a run play, thumbs up. Great play. So we had a twelve yard run, and then we'll look at Josh Kelly's touchdown run next. Um, both have a little bit different elements. One is Josh Kelly manipulating the defense. This one here, um, I love looking at it because it, it's a change. What I believe in the scheme a little bit from week that from the previous weeks to this week. Again, I haven't gone and dissected every running play like I have these couple. Um, from the past weeks, but I don't remember seeing this early on in the season. So what we're going to see, we have 11 personnel again. So what that means is we have one tight end and one running back. So the first one, the first number is the number of running backs. The second, last week, we looked at a couple of plays of Gerald Everett. He was always detached, meaning he wasn't in a three-point stance. Three-point stance means you have three three limbs touching the ground. So he has both <laughs> feet and a hand. So that's a three point stance. He was always over here. Like Josh Palmer, he was standing in a two point off the line, detached mm-hmm. um, already a change from what we saw against the Texans. Um, and, and what we do here, that's fun to watch is it, we turn into a more of a man running scheme as opposed to zone. So a zone running scheme, say we're running the ball To the right. So we're running the ball this way. Mm -hmm. Every one of these offensive linemen will start to step right. And then they have a zone. So for instance, Zion Johnson, this would be his zone. This would be Pipkin's zone. This is Everett's zone. So anyone that comes into this lane, this zone, they have to block. So for instance, Zion Johnson would pick up this guy. Easy, right? Mm -hmm. What happens if he stunts out here right away? He would run into... He would run into Trey Pipkin zone and then Zion would have to quickly adjust, pass him off and then work up to linebacker. So zone blocking is a lot more cohesiveness, working together, passing guys off. Everyone has to pick up hat on hat. It also requires your running back to go sideways, find where they have the hole in their defense and then attack it. So it's a great system. It's just, in my opinion, it requires a lot of people to work together. And it's almost like a ballet, okay? It's like a ballet, whereas wow. man, it's like we're all working together. It's fluid. It's movement. There's no gap we're running to. It's, we'll start going this way, Josh, and then if this hole opens up, run there. If this hole opens up, run there. If if we get to the edge, run there. It's, it's just a little bit more fluid, whereas, I don't know, a more aggressive dance style that man would be, um, but it's, I have a guy. So for instance, what we're going to run is a trap. So you're going to see Matt Filer right here. He's going to pull easy way to tell we're in man and we're in a man blocking scheme. is you see, start seeing pulls, you know, you're in man. So Filer is going to pull and kick out this end. This guy right here is going to get kicked out. Now everyone has down blocks. The reason I love man blocking schemes is there's angles everywhere. So everyone has an angle. So Pipkins is going to down block. He's got an angle. Gerald Everett's going to down block. He's got an easy angle. Palmer, we don't have to block this guy because we got an extra guy coming. He's going to down block. He's got an angle already. So everyone has these really good angles to start on. Instead of we're all going to move right and see who comes into our zone, it's I'm going to go blast 35 and I'm going to take him into the next universe. I'm just going to hit that guy. as, hard as I, can. You I know, who, watch you I know <laughs> who my man is. I'm going to go hit him. Yeah. So it's a little bit less... Um, adjusting on the fly a little bit more. That's my guy. I'm going to go destroy him. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to run the play so you guys can see it. Then I'll I'll stop here and there just to talk a little bit about after we watch it through one time. Josh Kelly's going to head to the right and he's just going to it it it. It's just a fu- I just love this type of football. It's more I'm going to beat you up, run over you type of football downhill. Everyone has angles. I'm going to find the hole. It's just easy. Like for a running back, that just looks like an easy play. Makes it look. There's easy, not a yeah. lot. You know, it's just not a lot to read. As you watch it again, guard's going to pull, kick out the end. Everyone has a downward angle that you're going to catch a guy. You don't have to beat him. You just got to get in the way. And then we're picking up 12 yards. DeAndre Carter just has to touch a guy for a second, right. and it's an effective block. So I, I think that the man's game, it helps the wide receivers a lot too, being more effective in the in the running game. Because it's not a, oh, let me try to read who's going to come out here. And mm. it's just easier. A couple little technique things that I thought were really cool. Gerald Everett, we have not seen I haven't focused on in the running game much because he's always detached. What he does here, it's it's really cool. Watch his first step. So his right foot this end, his job, he's reading through he's reading through Gerald Everett. So that's where his eyes are to the backfield. So depending on what he does is going to it's going to tell him what to do. If Gerald Everett were to sprint down This guy would come like a bat out of hell off the edge to replace. What he does is he takes one step outside before coming down to block on the backer and it freezes him. It gives filer enough time that little step just one step to freeze him gives filer time to come out and kick out the other thing that we do to freeze him this is the big piece of this this play that we need to stop him enough to allow filer to pull is we motion deandre carter over you'll see him motion anytime you see that motion this guy's going to get scared that they're going to try to sweep to the edge so those we have two different elements going on the one that i thought was really cool is watch gerald everett right here on the right side his first step, he just pumps right. His right foot just steps real quick, freezes that end step. Now we're going down. Now he's kicked out. Wow. Cause it's just such a big part of the play. If, if this end is able to come down to here, if he's able to get here before Filer gets to him, the gap for Joshua Kelly to run is so small. But if we're able to, we're able to fake step him, hold him, motion, slow him down. Now the 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 lane for Joshua Kelly is going to be from about here all the way to here. He has this huge gap to work with. I'll play it again so you can see. But it, it's just it's just these little tiny things that we don't normally see, but in man blocking scheme, it's, it becomes such a big deal. That's what allows that cut outside and up upfield. Wow. Um, just some just some stuff. I, that's why I love the block, man blocking scheme. I know that offensive linemen enjoy this more. I think that's why they play a little bit harder. And I think we saw a little bit more success, obviously, with over 200 yards rushing against the Browns. Wow. Very nice. Okay. And then the the second play we'll look at, this is Josh Kelly's touchdown. It's the one where it's like, how in God's name did he just run to the edge and no one is even close? Um, Kelly's going to come downhill and then bounce outside. Um Just a couple of little things. This is 13 personnel. So we have three tight ends on the field. There's no wide receivers outside of the frame that you see right here. This is the whole team. You have one tight end here, Gerald Everett. You have two, three tight ends over here, Trey McKitty and one other. DeAndre Carter running across the field. I do not know why DeAndre Carter is the one wide receiver on this play. Cause he gets bounced around like a little pinball. <laughs> he was like, he must've done something at practice this week to get put in personnel on his play. Cause the poor guy's just holding on for his life, but that this is the whole personnel. So you have one, two, three tight ends a running back and a wide receiver. That's everything. It's all tight in here in the box. You're trying to draw everyone in. If there's no wide out, there's no corner. There's no need for him to block. Right, so you're you're trying to bring everyone in. I think this is looking at this is where you look to see a running back with vision. Back here, he's not just like, oh, I'm supposed to run a gap. Blue, I'm gonna run a gap. These running backs at this level, they are before pre snap. You know how a quarterback has pre snap reads. So do running backs. They're looking at everything. They're looking at who's the personnel out here. Do they have a safety on the edge or is this a corner? Because if this is just a corner out here, I like my chances against that guy. You know, So they're here assessing everything. And that's a big part of playing the running back position is knowing what my blocks are going to develop and where I'm going to cut before the play even starts. So I think this play, you're going to see Josh Kelly. I think the play is developed to be an inside run. I think he's supposed to work in here. They're going to motion DeAndre Carter across. He's going to sit here and pretend to get pinballed around and block the guy on the edge. (laughs) I think he's supposed to work here, but this is a little bit more of a zone blocking scheme. You're not going to see pulls. You're going to see a double team here with them working on him up to here. He's going to block big on big. This is a zone blocking scheme where Josh Kelly saw, you know what? If I just take a couple steps downhill at this A-gap, I can manipulate these guys in enough that I'm going to be able to bounce out. So watching this play, this is where running backs, man, it's not just give them the ball and they're going to go where they're told. Some of it, you need to have some vision. I'm going to run the play. You'll see Josh Kelly, his initial angle, it's not not a sweep. It's not a toss. It's not, I'm just running to the edge. He's going to come up, manipulate these guys to take some steps in. They get lost in the gigantic mess that's over here and allows Josh Kelly to bump outside. So... This is one of those plays where you got to have the running back, who you have back there makes a big difference. I don't know if Sonny Michel does. he may. I don't know if he does it. I'll see straight up, boom. He knows that that little manipulation by going, taking those first two, three steps inside is going to bring that corner down. Corner gets lost. That's all it takes in the NFL is a little bit of leverage. Now I'm out. I'm gone. I know I'm going to beat everyone to the outside. DeAndre wow. Carter blocked three people on that play. <laughs> DeAndre Carter got blocked (laughs) by three people. Go look. He just gets swallowed (laughs) by three people. He just gets absolutely (laughs) pinballed. Watch this guy. Watch DeAndre on the edge. Poor guy. Just
3: (laughs) he got hit by four people at the same time. Wow. Okay. That's
1: amazing. You know what's funny? There was uh, there was a tweet, and I retweeted it. I'm going to go back and look at it. That said that Gerald Everett was blocking four people. It wasn't just Gerald Everett. DeAndre <laughs> Carter is so yeah, small. Five he is people in front of Gerald Everett. I don't think that. Yeah,
2: you can't see DeAndre Carter you can't in front even of see it. him. No, he's
1: in there. That is hilarious. Yeah. DeAndre well, Carter. Time. I mean, Gerald take it one for the team, a, bro. Yeah. Gerald
2: Everett does have a great block. He stands this guy up. This is a defensive end. He just stands up out of a three-point stance. But at the same time, yeah, you don't see DeAndre don't Carter see in front of him. <laughs> he's just yeah. disappeared. He's in the mix. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So uh, just an example, Josh Kelly, he's a great, he's a good back. He's got vision. He can get outside. Um, I think the running game is starting to finally click a little bit with mixing in some of those man, pulling guards, getting downhill with the allow our quarterback or running backs to have vision and make plays. Wow.
3: Awesome corner,
2: dude. Very that was good. Fantastic.
3: Thank you,
1: coach. Giving yeah. us, showing Feed us Kelly. the little things. Feed yes.
3: Kelly. I feel it. Feed I feel Kelly. it in my bones. Feed
1: the man. He's got the vision. Let's see it unfold. Give coach. Them, give him the food. Thank you. Thank you for we'll giving us a look. Thanks, man. All right, gang, and now it's time to go on to the next segment. You know them, you love them. It's the Craig Experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. The oh. Craig Experience. Hello there. Make yourself at home. You got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. So where do we begin? How about er uh, platelet? rich injections into the shoulder back something like that flew out to california to get them done what's going on with you russ what sort of uh, excuse are we gonna have this week i already told y'all this entire scenario reeks of nastiness to me because one of two things are gonna happen Russell come out, stink up the joint, and he's got a built-in excuse because apparently there's this uh, phantom injury that occurred a few weeks ago that no one knew anything about and suddenly he blows the last game and uh now it's probably due to injury because apparently, I mentioned this before, your neck, back, shoulder, all that stuff are connected to like your retinas or something. I, I don't know. It's not something I ever learned. But guess you're informed of something new every day you should always be learning each day uh and there's news to me but if he pulls out a win against the chargers then he'll be a hero because he went in battered and bruised and pulled one out good old russ let him cook and please do let him cook because Uh, my estimation is it's probably gonna be cold hot dogs and uh, three-day-old mac and cheese it's about the extent you're gonna get out of them and then there's oh yeah look pay attention I know you guys have already thought this through because it was one of the first things on my mind Melvin Gordon in prime time that's right give that man the ball as much as possible take it off Russell's shoulders every his hurt shoulder or back or whatever the hell it is and let melvin run it just give it to mel as much as you can phenomenal running back love that guy uh we all have fond memories of him as a la charger a san diego charger as well uh wait did mel play when he was no 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 yeah 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 it's all starting to run together whatever it is he ain't it anymore he's a denver bronco and by all means, you folks knew what you were doing when you signed him. You knew what kind of player you were getting. It's a top back in the NFL. And I, and yes, I am saying all this tongue in cheek. I'm being extremely sarcastic because I want Melvin Gordon to touch the ball as many times as possible because there is almost a guarantee. I would say about 98 to 99% especially, but that actually goes up to like 99.9%. If you hand him the ball inside the five yard line, there's going to be a fumble. It's going to happen. You can bank on it you can set your clock to it there are three things that are for sure in life death taxes and a costly melvin gordon fumble and i for one cannot wait i'm gonna be waiting with bated breath in front of my television literally just trying to and i don't know what's the over under on amount of carries before it happens because it goes up exponentially in the red zone but just regulatory carries it can happen anytime on the field that man is mr thanksgiving he's all about handing it over all the side dishes uh stuffing mac and cheese the turkey he wants everyone else to have a cut before he does give out the pumpkin pie because that's just the type of giving person melvin gordon is unfortunately in football that's frowned upon but enough of my melvin gordon rant um let's talk about the chargers because it's chargers podcast i want to bring to the attention the change in the running game and if i'm not mistaken i think coach has done a coach's corner about some of the running plays so i'm just going to give my two cents uh, what i observed in a rewatch was that it appears the Chargers are running less zone and more power scheme concept, uh more man running game and the trade-off there well not necessarily trade-off but the adjustment that was made there is the fact that You have less athletic linemen, particularly on the left side of the offensive line right now. Currently, things are presently constituted. Um, For a little bit, you were without Corey Lindsley. Matt File is never going to be in anyone's Olympic trials. And also at left tackle, we love Jamari Sawyer, but what he is not lauded for is his athleticism. Strong as ox, strong like bull, but, you know, not the fleetest of foot. But that said, dude's got an anchor unlike any other. And if he gets his hands on you, you are pretty much done for. So, what they've done is taken advantage of that. And when they're running to the left side, I've seen a little bit more power runs as opposed to the zone stuff because, like I said before, less athleticism. You got brute strength on that side. Let those boys get upfield and plant people. On the right side, a little bit different. Well, now that Corey Lindsley's back, you can probably run a little bit more of it um, as far as zone is concerned, but I think they found something with power running that they should continue to incorporate incorporate into the game plan. Uh, I'm all about that. Y'all know how much I love the running game and I want to see more of it moving forward. I want to say there was an even distribution between pass and run last week, which is practically unheard of. I don't know the last time that happened with the Chargers, but Joe Lombardi uh, was all about the balance that last week. and cool let's keep it rolling uh sony michelle had what one two carries let's bring that down to zero zero nada zip zilch perfectly fine with it zero carries for that dude uh let's bring up the kid it's time sony it was cool it sounded great when they signed you signed it i cannot talk today what the hell's wrong with me when they signed you week before week one um everyone was on board w- with it so was i it made sense to me um it felt like an upgrade over josh kelly and allowed an opportunity for spiller to continue to develop as an rb3b or whatever that was going to be but man after about two weeks people were calling for his head they were ready for it to be a wrap, and he's giving us no reason to think otherwise or feel differently so Isaiah, come on down. You are next contestant on The Price Is Right, or you should be. And Sony, I love to say it's been fun, dog, but kind of. I'd be lying if I did that. You know how I feel about keeping it hundred with y'all, so not gonna do that. Uh, but again, I'm looking at scenarios where you can go into split sets out of shotgun and have both Eck and Spiller in the backfield which would cause hell for defenses. Defensive coordinators would have all kind of problems. And what that also does is helps to mask what you don't have in athleticism at the wide receiver position. Uh, because we do know the charges lack speed and explosiveness out there. Uh, if you have two running backs who can catch the ball and run it, you can do a, both, a bunch of different things with the both of them. You want to mix Josh Kelly in there for more power stuff. Cool. All good with me. Um, speaking of the passing game, I don't know what the deal is with Keenan going into Monday um, at this time when you're seeing it you'll probably have a day three update on him <sighs> I really hope he goes because Patrick Sartan might put Mike will in hell uh, that is one ridiculously awesome cornerback he's got the size um, we don't have to mention the speed we know that's not Mike's forte but as far as a uh, height uh, wingspan ball uh, skill attributes p uh ps2 has it in spades man that is not a scenario you want to find yourself in when your number one's being locked up by their number one and then your number two options are questionable josh palmer i need you to step up man i still believe in you uh he's playing a little dinged up might be affecting uh what you're seeing on the field uh which reminds me i know i wasn't going to talk about the browns game but just in case you were wondering or hadn't crossed your mind at all if you go back and look at that fourth and two call if you look backside of that josh palmer literally spins the corner around on his slant route in which gerald everett ran um, a flat under it and palmer comes wide open but the play was clearly designed to go to mike williams because he was one-on-one with the rookie and herbert never looks back that way I don't really know how much of an option Palmer was at that point, especially uh, with so much on the line because he had, had a couple drops. So but just so you know, if you want to go back and check for yourself, it's there. Tape, don't lie. But uh, I want to see again an equal balance of run pass, if at all possible. I would love it. And there's no reason why the Chargers shouldn't pull this one out. Now, the Broncos have a pretty decent defense. Um, It's definitely above average. It can be had I think in the running game in particular and you kind of want to do what the Chargers like to do and incorporate uh, more play action into your passing game, but you have to get the running game going first and With all indications, I mean they have played two of the worst running defenses the last two weeks in the NFL So we can't necessarily use that as a measuring stick. We'll just hope the momentum carries over into this week but You want to make sure that you're doing that so that the passing game can flourish a little bit more. Give Herbo some time, allow him to work his magic in the pocket because dude is a freak. He's Merlin in the pocket. Uh, There were a few times last week when Sawyer got beat by Garrett, but Herbert's pocket presence has gotten to the point now where um, it's like the dude has eyes uh, in the back of his head and his peripheral vision is freaking fantastic. But anyway, uh, let's get to a score prediction here. Uh, For me, it's a divisional game. So, you want to take that into account. Those are never really easy. And it's the Chargers. So, a blowout is kind of not a thing. Uh, I'm going to go with Chargers 24. Broncos... 13 how's that sound good okay cool so i just come out with the wind move on to four and two and things are looking up and uh just have to keep it pushing from there on hold it down through the next i guess more than a handful of weeks hopefully we can see joey here moving into uh end of november into december maybe i don't know fingers crossed eh. it's a groin injury so those are super uh sensitive got to be careful with that but as they gain some health here and maybe a possible Rashawn slater return end of the season going into a playoff run and again cooking with gas so keep it optimistic people keep the good vibes going spirit fingers and uh again it's been fun well this past week going back and forth with a bunch of people kind of sort of been fun but not really because some of y'all are crazy but anyway y'all know who it is it's mr full gang or do not bang aka top underscore flyt3 over on twitter and also you can catch me yes on my youtube page at the flight deck charge it to the game uh post game reaction vids come either sunday or monday trying to keep a schedule with that uh, also i i love to try to do it on monday to give myself an opportunity oh you know what forgot this is a monday night game so it's either going to come immediately after the game on Monday night or maybe early Tuesday. I don't know. Again, I, I like to sleep on it so that like I'm not super in my feelings about whatever happened during the game. And I have an opportunity to kind of think it through and uh, flesh my thoughts out and give it to you that way. But we'll see. Uh, depending on how things go, I might be super excited and ready to get rolling or I might be pissed and ready to go. Either way, it'll be fun. And uh we'll do our best to make sure that we find a silver lining if it isn't great because we are all about the positivity here. And uh yeah, shamelessly. That is the motto. So again, catch y'all in the next one. Take it easy. Okay. Love you bye.
1: Craig bringing the energy. That was great. This was one of your best, Craig. Yeah, I got that great, great. Claps That's in the Hall around. of Fame for yeah. sure. That's
3: oh. that's in my, top.
2: That's <laughs> in my Strong, top experiences. Bold take Sony Michelle just get out just get out of here
3: thanksgiving
1: Uh, for for for, uh, gordon (laughs) give it herbert merlin in the pocket i mean come on now merlin in the pocket (laughs) that's (laughs) a (laughs) shirt yeah that's a shirt that's an that's an artist rendition somebody's got to draw that up here well it's got to be
2: a
3: shirt with a pocket and just justin herbert's head sticking out of the cup (laughs)
2: <laughs> but somehow Merlin too, with
3: yeah. like a big.
1: He's got to be a Gandalf. Thing. He's
2: got to have a beard and
1: a staff, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like right? F- and yeah. that shall not pass. We'll 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 get it in the on the Charger chat shop <laughs> in the not too distant future. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's it. Pocket
2: shirt, just his head, just popping his up. Head.
1: beard. Oh <laughs> uh, Craig, dude, always with Fantastic. the hot takes, man. Thank you so much. And awesome, the, the running experience. game, you and Coach were on the same page. Oh, yeah, dude, you guys were calling it. Yeah, I mean, Craig, watch it. Watch the coach's yeah. corner. It's, all, it's uncanny. Feels good when Craig agrees. Yeah, I know it's
3: usually <laughs> absolutely right when both of you are on the same page. Exactly.
1: Ah, so. uh, Craig, again, thank you, dude, so much. That was awesome. Um, All right, well, now let's go on to the next segment. It's Bolt Beat with Jason Reed. Eat your Reedies. let's go.
5: Welcome back to another edition of the Bolt Beat. I'm Jason Reed, acting editor over at BoltBeat.com. Follow us over at bullpeed.com or on Twitter at BB underscore chargers. You can follow myself as well at each your Always got to get a little bit of self promo here at the beginning of this week six. So week five, let's touch on week five a little bit. I know the charger chat guys have already talked about the game and everything, but it was a, for the most part, you know, a, a, a good win by the chargers. There was the controversial Brandon Staley decision. That's getting dissected each way, every way you possibly could dissect a decision. Personally, I would have just punted the ball. I understand Staley. You know, it's fourth and Staley uh, trust his defense, but against Jacoby Brissett, no timeouts, you know, a minute less to play after the punt. Like, I think I would trust the defense to not let Jacoby Brissett go 50 yards with no timeouts, but that's just me. It ended up working out in the end. So, oh, well, sweeping under the rug, you know, it is what it is. Um, they got the W the Browns are a better team than their record indicates. It was a tough matchup for the chargers, you know, against the run defense or against their rushing attack, I should say. And yeah, the Browns were able to move the ball, but the Browns can move the ball against anyone, you know, running the ball. So all things considered two road wins in a row, all the adversity, the teams face, no Keenan Allen, no Rayshon Slater, um, no Joey Bosa, just, you know, no Jalen guy and all the injuries, you know, I'd be here for 10 hours. If I listed all the injuries, um, to be able to win back-to-back road games, I think is a big deal and it can hopefully give the team some momentum moving forward. As we head into a week six matchup against the Denver Broncos on primetime, everyone's sick seeing the Broncos on primetime. They're going to see him again. Hopefully the Chargers can make it a more entertaining game for the non-Chargers and Broncos fans out there. But first though, before I talk about that game, I wanted to touch on Joe Lombardi. So Joe Lombardi is a controversial figure to say the least with Chargers fans. Um, Obviously the offensive coordinator for those that aren't aware. Um, And a lot of fans don't like Joe Lombardi. They you know it's constantly fire joe lombardi blame joe lombardi um anything happens with the chargers if the chargers fumble on the kickoff return it's joe lombardi's fault that's how it feels nowadays on social media um and i've been i've been quick to not, i don't want to say quick but i have you know given lombardi criticism when it is deserved you know even on this podcast i believe i've criticized him being too passive in the second half this that or the other Um, But I also believe we need to give him credit where credit is deserved. Now Lombardi came out before week four against the Texans and he admitted, he said, I was getting a little bit cautious with the play calling. He admitted after week one, he got cautious in the second half. He admitted that he got cautious after Justin Herbert's rib injury in week twos and week three, he admitted this. And what has happened? The last two games, the chargers have scored a combined 64 points on the road. Yes. I understand the Texans and Browns don't scream elite defenses, but that's still 64 points on the road against NFL defenses. Like that's not easy to do. How many teams are we seeing week in and week out drop the ball on these road games and either lose or, you know, skate by with a, with a shoddy, you know, offensive performance. So I think that's a big deal. And as the Chargers stand right now, you know, they're top 10 in both points per game and offensive DVOA offensive DVOA is a very important statistic in my opinion, you know it measures the efficiency of the offense and really how good the offense is you know points per game can be skewed with some late court you know late fourth quarter stuff and you know defensive points obviously if there was a pick six or something something the chargers have not had yet this year but you know so it's it's a top 10 offense and that's with a complete stinker in week 3 against the jaguars and you know a, a cautious first court second half in the first game of the year with Keenan Allen being out and whatnot so i just think you know lombardi Deserves a little bit of an apology. And I just don't understand all the criticism he's getting. I'm not saying don't criticize him. I'm not saying he's a perfect play caller. That's another thing. If I defend Lombardi on Twitter, on both people call me Lombardi, you know, apologists and that he's I'm saying he's perfect and all this. No, that's not it at all. I just think there's a, a misunderstanding of what offense in the NFL is and what it can be and what it should be. Um, Yes. You know, some of the route distribution can be better. Some of, you know, like routes being too close together and, you know, Layers of the field. I totally get that. But at the same time, like if your only thing is like, oh, the Chargers don't throw it deep enough, that's just not a good enough reason to not like Lombardi. A, it's just not true. I believe the Chargers are fifth or sixth. I don't know off the top of my head in explosive passing plays this season, meaning there's only four or five teams that have more 20 plus yard passes than the Chargers. That's without Keenan Allen. So the explosive plays are there. They're not going to throw 20, 20 plus yard passes a game. Like I think, you know, some of it with maybe some of the younger parts of the fan base is like a Madden thing where like, you know, on Madden, you could just run these corner routes and these, these different plays that, you know, work against different coverages and you can pick up 20, 25 yards in the passing game. That's just not realistic. It's not the NFL. Plus other teams know Justin Herbert has a rocket of an arm, knows he can torch them deep and they're game planning against that. That's what I think, you know, gets, gets looked over a lot with the Lombardi discourse is like, you know, other teams are stopping this from happening. It's not like Lombardi's not an offense, isn't trying to go deep, isn't trying to utilize the deep part of the field. That is exactly what the defense is targeting to stop. And you have a really smart quarterback in Justin Herbert who is making changes to the line of scrimmage. He's making decisions with run pass options and he's making decisions on which, you know, matchup, which uh, what, what progression he's going to throw to. He's one of the best in the league and working through progressions. I like Lombardi's offense because it gives Herbert that ability to use his IQ, to use his intellect, to be able to see, Okay, they're giving shell coverage over the top. Let me attack this middle part of the field or when it is open, let me attack this one on one with Mike Williams, like we saw against the Browns when they when the Browns, you know, um, pressed off, not pressed off of him, but, you know, gave him cushion and it was a one on one deep ball to Mike Williams. This offense is allowing Herbert to make these decisions. And yes, there are a lot of quote unquote boring, safe, short throws that aren't utilizing his skill set, so to say, but I think it is utilizing his skill set. What's better, a four yard completion or a 25 yard incompletion? You know, Herbert is one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. He makes fewer, you know, mistakes than really anyone in the league. And yes, obviously, a lot of that is Herbert being so good, but it's also the offense utilizing that skill set that Herbert has you know, in a great way, you know? So I I just think it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially when the Chargers were fifth in points per game last year and like fourth in offensive DBOA. They were a top five offense last year. It's not like they were horrible last year. You know, can it be better? Yes. I think the red zone play calling can be better, but it also hurts not having Keenan Allen. Like that obviously hurts in the red zone. And plus in this Browns game, there was other things. There was false start penalties. There was the drop by Josh Palmer that would have been at least a first down, maybe even a touchdown on that play. So there's there's. Other things. No, I'm not saying Lombardi's perfect. No, I'm not saying he's off the hook. You know, if things start going south quickly, obviously you have to make some sort of change. But I just think this idea to quickly fire him and get to a new offense like, A, what is that offense going to be? I don't know. Like, you know, it, it's how else could they maximize Herbert? They're not just going to go deep every time. And then Herbert has to learn a new offense and a new playbook and all these receivers, you know. So I just think we need to criticize Lombardi when it's deserved. And we can call out like, Hey, why'd you run a halfback pitch there on a third and one. Um, But at the same time, like calling for him to be fired and everything, it's just, it's very nearsighted. They're not going to get a new play caller. That's suddenly going to open up the offense. If anything, the offense is going to take steps back because it's going to have to go to their base offense, their vanilla offense. And they're not going to be able to do some of these adjustments and, you know, options and the routes and everything that they're doing now. So I just think we need to kind of slow down a little bit on the Lombardi hate as of now, now, if the end of the season rolls around, the offense is disappointing. They can't, um, make big plays in big moments. Sure, then you make a change. Then you at least consider a change. Right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Going into the Broncos-Chargers game Monday night, I think we're going to continue to see this offense you know, play well, especially if Keenan Allen returns. Now, he was individual practice on Wednesday. His status is still up in the air. I'm not banking on him playing. Maybe by the time you listen to this, if it's later in the week, you will know if he's playing or not. If he does play, that's obviously a, a huge boost to the offense. I still don't think he'll play a lot. I think they'll have him on a snap count and everything. Kind of keep him in the game. um, Keep him for later in the game and whatnot. Maybe we'll see like a first and fourth quarter thing where he doesn't play the middle of the game. Um, But I think the offense is still going to do well. You know, Denver is fourth in points allowed per game this season, but they really haven't played any great offenses. I mean, they got the Colts who have been an absolute dumpster fire offensively. Matt Ryan looks like a bottom five quarterback in the league. We have they played the Texans, who scored a lot against the Chargers because they rushed the ball well, but like still isn't a dynamic offense. They played the Seahawks, who statistically actually are one of the better offenses in, in the NFL. But it was also week one with Gino a lot of emotion going into that game. So I wouldn't, you know, necessarily say it was the best version of the Seahawks. And even then, like Gino, like we'll see, you know, over the course of 17 games. They played the Raiders, who they allowed to score 32 points. That should be, you know, an indication of what the Chargers should be able to do. And they played the 49ers in Jimmy G's first start after Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy G obviously had the safety pick six, was the safety, but could have been a pick six. You know, obviously that wasn't the best version of the Niners. So I don't think the Broncos have played an offense as good as the Chargers. I don't think they've played a quarterback as good as the Chargers, obviously. Um, and I think this is gonna be a test for them. Like the pass rush is still pretty good, even with Bradley Chubb not playing up to his standards and with Randy Gregory bringing out the, the pass rush is pretty good. Pat Surtain is a top five corner in the league. They're going to give Mike Williams troubles. They really are. You know, they're going to scheme Mike Williams, scheme him away. Justin Herbert's going to have to go to his other targets, but I think he's going to be able to do that. Now, the big, the big factor here is the running game. You know, the Chargers just played two of the worst running defenses in the league and they took advantage of it. Can they do that against the Broncos or will it be more of the same from the first three weeks? That's the big difference in this game. I think offensively either way, I think we're still going to see an offense that scores points. That would be. I don't think it's going to be like a a thirty-seven point affair, but I think you know we're gonna we're gonna see the Chargers score twenty-seven to thirty points here. I really do think that if the Raiders can score thirty-two, the Chargers should be able to score twenty-seven to thirty. So that leads into the betting picks. Now, last week we went one and three, a very sad one and three, a very unfortunate one and three. Um, We had Chargers minus two and a half. They obviously won by two. That line actually closed at one and a half. So if we would have done this, you know, a day later, we would have won that bet. Um, we lost the Jacoby Brissett under 210 and a half passing yards. He barely scraped over it. Um, I think the last drive, I don't know if it put him over, but it definitely could have been a, a situation where he was under easily. Uh, we had Parham touchdown score, which didn't hit, which I would continue to bet at plus 850 if you're getting that good of odds. I would bet it the next three weeks and just if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. But he's like almost bound to get a touchdown in these next two games. Um, and plus he he was targeted in the red zone in this game in the end zone and like could have came away with a touchdown, but the Browns made a nice play. So it definitely almost happened. Um, and then we had the Chargers over 24 and a half points, which I personally, you know, put the most money on of anything. Um, that was my biggest bet of the week just across all NFL and that easily hit the Chargers hit the over the fir- their first drive of the second half. So that was never in doubt for me personally. One in three this week. We don't have the props up yet. It's a Monday night game, so The props are a little bit later at the time of recording. We don't really have anything and I don't want to give some half, you know, prop that's like team points or whatever that I don't fully love. Um, even though I do think the Chargers are going to score instead. I'm just going to focus on the spread and the over under here. Um, The Chargers are actually four and a half point favorites, which is interesting because they opened as, I believe, six or six and a half point favorites on Sunday. So this line has moved at least one and a half points in the Broncos' favor. That's showing a lot of support for the Broncos, a lot of money on the Broncos. And I can see why the Chargers only play close games. They either lose or they win close. At least that's how it seemed this year. So I could see a lot of these, you know, Sharks maybe not thinking the Broncos are going to win, but taking Broncos plus six, thinking the Chargers will win by four. Um, and the over under is at 45.5 points. Now, If the line was still six, six and a half, I think I might take Denver just because I could see this being a seven point game. And, you know, once you're in that close, I always just as a gambler take the points, but as a Chargers fan and, you know, just being realistic, I think the Chargers are going to win this game by six to seven points. I think it's going to be a situation where the Chargers are controlling um, they never quite get out of reach. I don't think it's going to be like a Texan situation where they go up 17, the Texans storm back. I think it's going to be one of those games where the chargers are like up seven, zero, and then seven, three, and then 10, three, and then 10, six. And then, you know, 17, six, and then 17, 13, whatever the case is. I think it's going to be one of those games where the Broncos hang in there and the chargers don't fully pull ahead, but the chargers almost control the entire game. Kind of like, um, the Monday night game against the Raiders last year, they won 28, 14, but you know, the Raiders kind of failed to execute towards the end, but that was kind of a similar kind of aspect in that game. So I'm gonna go chargers minus four and a half. I'm gonna go over 45 and a half points. I think this is a great line in terms of Vegas, just picking a great number. Cause it could very easily go over under. I'm thinking we're seeing a 27 to 20 game. I think we're seeing, you know, three touchdowns, two field goals by the chargers. And we're seeing, um, you know, two touchdowns, two field goals by the Broncos, something like that. I think we're going to get 27, 20 chargers, which would mean Chargers minus four and a half, over 45 and a half points. If I had to pick one that I liked more, I honestly don't know. This game is interesting, you know, primetime games. And the primetime unders have been hitting at an all-time clip this year. So who knows? Maybe it's a 20 to 10 game. Maybe the defense steps up. I would love to see a 27 to zero game. And if you think that's going to happen, bet the Chargers team over. I believe it's at like 20, same as last week, similar to last week. So um, that's my picks. You know, I'm excited. Primetime. It's always great to watch Chargers in primetime. Didn't go our way last time. Hopefully it does go our way this time. Quick little factoid to leave you guys with before we throw it back to the Charger chat, guys. Russell Wilson, 0-2 in his career against the Chargers, 0-2 at SoFi Stadium, 4-9 and when he's playing in a dome. So just saying, all the stats, all history is pointing towards the Chargers. Let's go back to the Charger chat, guys.
1: Jason Reed also making great points. This has just been a great point episode. Look at us. Everybody, look, look at us. Look what we're just doing. Getting better every
3: week. <laughs> Extremely positive all around, too. Yeah. Like the Lombardi, the great insight on Lombardi. Yes. Um, loved all that. Loved all of his, his bets this week. I think I think a lot of those could hit. He's
1: doing pretty well for, for a lot of people, so let's right. keep it up. Absolutely. Uh, Jason Reed, thank you so much for Thanks giving brother. us another awesome Bolt beat. Thank you. And uh, all right, folks, it, we're at that point. It's time for us to make some Bolt predictions of our own. So, Kyle, start us off. What do we got for Bolt prediction this week? All right. Mine it feels similar
2: with – I just feel like we're sinking right now. It feels similar to what we had in Craig and the Reed um, projection. I have 27-13. Isaiah Spiller gets on the game day squad. That is my Bolt prediction. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, Isaiah Spiller is going to play overtake. Staley's continually said, just she needs better, we could practice. Right. Sony getting one carry last week. It feels like he's just slowly starting to slip out. I think if Isaiah can have a good week of practice, I think this is the week for him to step up and be a part of the squad. Love it, love it, Kev. What do we got?
3: Uh, okay, I'm going to go uh, 27 13 Chargers. I think they, it's like <laughs> so, the same exact score. Is that what you is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah. Kevin Duggan always paying attention. listening, <laughs> always listening. Yeah, wow, ABC. yeah. So I got 27 13 as well. Kyle, <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good one, good choice. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, it's for the other team. Um, I think um by land and by air, Melvin Gordon is gonna fumble on those two different plays. He's gonna catch a catch a ball of the backfield fumble and he's gonna run and fumble. So it's gonna <laughs> so be two by, fumbles from by
1: land and by air, and we're gonna have some fumble rooskies from Gordon. Fabulous. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with a palindrome score, thirty-one thirteen. And oh, I oh, think so uh, A shellacking Yes and I think uh, Khalil Mack gets Themselves four Sacks <laughs> Four sacks for Mack <laughs> I, I love, love it Jot uh, it down Put it in Count it, <laughs> Count it. <laughs> Oh god awesome Alright Alright folks Well there you go Bolt predictions in the Books you've heard it From all of us uh, now it's time to go get that dub again. It's going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be recording right after the game. So I, I can't stress yep. it enough. If you've got an ask bolt fam, get it, in. have it typed, ready to go. And as soon as the game is over, hit the send button. We'll get the tweet posted up here. You know, early. it'll probably
3: go out in the third quarter to be honest, like yeah. keep, right at halftime. I'll put up the ask bolt fam Twitter. So go ahead and there, reply you go. there. So
1: have your phone ready. Make sure it's charged up. have has enough juice, uh, because we'll, we're, we're going to get into it really quickly. So, um. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us here at Charger Chat. Any final thoughts, there, gentlemen?
3: I'm excited for you, Kyle. Go represent us well out there. Yeah,
2: I'll be at the game. I don't know if I'll make Thunder Alley. I'm gonna have my whole family, my wife, the whole all three of squad. my boys. I got a three month old that I don't think is fit for Thunder Alley yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if 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 you guys are around, come find us in this 307. We'll 307, be. Seven, we'll baby. be yeah, we'll be. There'll be a whole bunch of, over there. A gaggle of Duggins up there. So you'll <laughs> yeah, find them. Yeah. We have three seats, so we're going to have five humans in them. So <laughs> you'll
1: see us. It's going to be a tight t- yeah. t- 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 house. Yeah, yeah, you
3: guys should make the Jumbotron. You're really bringing the cute factor to the game. So <laughs> there I'll, you go. Pulling yeah, for, pull for you for that.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, keep an eye out for Coach Duggan there, folks. And that's going to do it for us here at Charger Chat. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Yeah, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.